Hello, everybody. Welcome back to NGF News. My name is Alec, and in front of me, I have Joshua Cheatham. Um, in today's topic of the week, we're going to be talking about how to navigate the current global economy and how to stay calm during tricky times. I want to start off by saying neither myself nor Josh are full-time experts in global markets. We do not work on Wall Street. But, however, we do our research. We read pretty much every single day of our lives, and we have a few years of investing experience on, under our belts. So. I'm going to put our credentials out there, um, but I, yeah, we're not very, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we don't have the degrees, but we do just, we just like to give our opinions because this is things that we research on yeah. a lot of the time and we, we do have our money in the market. So obviously we, we shouldn't be up to date. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as like you said, we still offer our thoughts and how to navigate these tricky times Experiences. in the markets. Um, we believe that youth engagement is very important. Yes. Um, and that's why we're doing this, um, to encourage. Uh, other youth as well to share their opinions on what they think about uh, global topics. But the younger you invest, the more money you'll get later on. Ruining supplies at the end, man. <laughs> All right, so just gonna dive right into it. Um, so I think today the Fed is going to come out with um interest rates, right? Wednesday. Yeah. Yes. So interest rates will rise another twenty-five basis points. Continued interest rates. Uh, will entirely depend on what the CPI reading is for the month of March, which we will find out in mid-April. Uh, we might be coming to the end of inflation um, if March's CPI reading is good. Um, we saw that February CPI data was Better. phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but let's also remember that we also have the debt ceiling issue that is yet to solve. So as over our heads. It's, it's forgotten about. It's like there's no headlines on it. There's no... All information I searched was like from... A month that happened. And Didn't the Treasury Director say we had till June? We had till June, but now she came out uh and said, Well, we need to wait after tax season is over to then set a proper deadline on what we think is a good time to uh set a deadline. So it's like it is actually interesting that she says that because Biden's new tax plan with the eighty thousand IRS agents could I'm not saying will, but it could increase government revenue because there's definitely a more of a force to get taxes also there are more taxable items now right especially in venmo that's gonna be a thing oh yeah absolutely um that's almost like they they knew because the tax plan came out before we hit the debt ceiling right yeah well the interesting rea the reality is Republicans and Democrats know this. The only way to create government revenue is through tax. The difference between de Democrats and Republicans is there are different ways they believe to raise revenues. The first for Democrats is to obviously just completely raise taxes. For the Republicans, they believe to lower taxes, which means they can bring in more businesses, bring in more, hire more employees, have more people on insurance, which will inevitably over time raise the tax rate the biggest difference really is the democrats theirs is we get it now the republicans and it might not happen later and the republicans is we're not going to get it now but we will get but it. we will definitely get it later yeah and we also think the the thing is the democrats also are like let's just raise the debt ceiling right and while the republicans are like let's let's see what we're where we can cut first then we could raise it but here's the problem with with that, um, I do believe in spending cuts, more like spending reorganization. That was in a previous episode. Yep. Um, but 
now is not the time to think of where we can cut because we are cutting it close to our deadline. Yes. And I for sure know it's not in the Treasury's interest to default. That would just cause massive economic problems, not only for us, but it would just ripple throughout the economy. And I hope that it's in, in the lawmakers' interest to not um, hit our ceiling as well. Well, we already hit it, but to default on our loan. So, um, yes, yeah, so spending cuts should happen, but not without raising the debt ceiling first. This is a poor time to discuss um, when we are literally on the risk of an economic turmoil. Yeah, and, and there's definitely their, their buddy heads. The White House just posted yesterday, um, House Republicans' extreme budget proposals will endanger public safety by making our borders less secure, which I find funny. But funding the police, I also find really funny. Slashing rail safety inspections, that's probably true. And jeopardizing air safety, increasing airport security and wait times. All this time, Democrats have been running on making our borders opener, more open and defunding the police. You know, that's going out the window and they're, they're going for the safety stuff now, which is interesting. That comes straight from the White House Instagram page. So if you don't believe me, you can read it. I don't know how exactly they didn't say how much exactly they were going to cut back on the the budget. The budget was six point nine trillion proposed this year, but Republicans have the House now, so they can change it mm-hmm. um, and and cut it. Correct. I don't think cutting it is a good thing. I agree right now because we do need the investments to first off our rail situations right now with all these rail crashes. Horrific. We need to fix that. We need to fund things like sectors. We need to be able to bail out banks. But what the Republicans do need to do right now in our control is they need to lower taxes after this tax season to, especially at the corporate level, to incentivize corporate companies to come back to give us more jobs. Right now, we have a total labor force that is 3 million under pre-pandemic levels. Mm-hmm. We have 10 million people whom are unemployed at the moment. This was in October. I don't know exactly what it is now. Not good numbers. of workers have just stopped going above and beyond for their employers. This is coming from the WilmingtonTrust.com. Really, really interesting, like, uh, oversight of the entire global economy and the American economy in general. But investors are optimistic even after bank failures. We've seen bonds and yields go up, and we've also seen stocks go up in small percentages. It's I don't know. it's, It's all confusing, this data. It yeah, because some points, yeah, it's all contradictory. I was just about to say that at some point, oh, we're we're gonna we're gonna leave this bear market and enter a bull market. Some say no, the S and P's got another twenty to fifty percent to take the tank before we actually get to a uh, a recovery. So yeah, it's just like whatever research you do, you'll end up either you'll have some saying yes, some saying no. But I mean, with the debt ceiling, right? I if they if they default us. Well, if we have to default, terrible idea, and I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, when it comes true. to the bank problems and bank failures, um, I think that contagion is over. I think those were just isolated incidents where it's just like, okay, these banks were being greedy in a time of economic crises to try to make some extra extra bucks. So, sure, yeah. um, so history doesn't essentially repeat itself, but it often rhymes, and we see this again from the Great Depression, to the OA crisis. And we're seeing this now again, but um, is there a possibility? In my opinion, no. I don't think we're going to reach the point where the S&P will take another 20 to 50% based on what I've researched. Other yeah. people will say 
we we're gonna we're gonna fall like we're gonna tank but in my opinion i think we're like right at that tipping point and yeah. everyone's just trying to push that thing up we're all just trying to push our economy up from falling it's like all hands on deck yeah. at the moment and all it takes is one little slip up and that's it we're gonna we're gonna see the s&p tank for sure. 20 to 50 percent i mean all markets really across the world to hit recession levels yeah so we're 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 playing. Yeah. We're playing. We're, we're definitely playing on the tightrope. Yeah. And I think for me, the biggest difference between 2008 and today is how interconnected our world is. Um, back then, in 2008, when a class, 30, 20 countries had to come together and basically say, this is how we're going to fix it. Now, yes, they're going to have a G20 summit. summit not summit. 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 <laughs> <laughs> if they fall. But the difference is, is we've been preparing for this. Once COVID happened, we prepared. 2021 happens with the um, the supply chain issues, we prepared. Ukraine happens, we prepared. We're prepared for a fall more than we were in 2008, which means we can rebuild quicker if it does fall. But I don't believe it will. And there's two reasons. One, the biggest, biggest issue that we have, not just in the United States, but in the world, is the war. That's why this place is taken. And then the second is supply chain. That's being fixed at the moment. It's in a better stance than it was in 2021 and in 2022. And the war, it'll end. So it's going to end soon. I I, I believe, as, as an international affairs major who studies this, I believe that the war is going to end within the next year. And I don't think it's going to derail the economy. Because we just know how to, we, we, have, the, we have the fall, we have the cushion. So it'll be interesting. Now, here's the thing with the war. Before you before you go on, yeah, I, yeah. Bakhmut, as I said in the last uh, latest global developments, is a flashpoint. If Russia were to lose Bakhmut, would would this say to China, okay, time to provide arms to Russia? I think they're just sitting sitting it out for now, and they're feeling out what they're what they think of Russia and where Russia is going to go in this war so yeah i don't know if china china is like unknown like what they're going to do i i can't put a finger on whether or not they would actually send arms or are they just feeling it out or they're just like there to you know give the world a little bit of a shake-up yeah. at the moment it's just what china does also will come into effect on whether or not our global markets will tank or go up i have two opinions on that for in terms of what they're looking at and the global economy. I think the first thing that China is looking at is they don't want Russia to fall, specifically Putin, which is why I think he's becoming closer. I think he, I think he's going to try and get into Putin's head a little bit and say, "Hey, man, like, so, like, subtly." No, nah, he's just not just going to say it, but subtly he's going to be like, "Hey, man, just try and cut this out. We're no one's winning in this war. You're not going to come out on top even if you get the territories." And the rest of the world's not going to come out. The rest of the world's going to come out on top once the world ends. Not you. You're not going to come out on top just because you got it. It doesn't matter. No one's going to come out on top if the war keeps going either. Second reason, he wants to pick up the pieces. I think China is trying to first befriend Putin and advisors. So for when Putin falls, they can help the United States pick up the pieces and the Europe. Pick up the pieces. Right. Not just pick up the pieces, but take their piece of the pie. Because if they can control Russian oil, no, that's good for them. So I think they're I think they're kind of looking economically at it. 
I don't think they're ever going to supply weapons because I, I think that would destroy their public image. Public image. They know they're losing. They have problems at home. They have to deal with Taiwan and the United States. That's just too many things that are going to involve China, and China, I don't think, doesn't want that. And if they are smart, which Xi Jinping is, he won't do it. So, I think the next the next kind of section I want to go into this is providing solutions to the problem. Specifically in the United States, because we, we're the leaders with the lo- largest economy in terms of GDP. I think the biggest solution coming forward, lowering taxes after tax season, corporate, to invite them back into this country, to raise jobs, invest in energy sectors, including oil, Pray for the pray for the best at that point because there's 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 not much more we can do. Going back on the taxes thing, yes, and also lowering the income tax as well. Um, I, taxes across the board. We need a major tax cut for consumers and for businesses. I just don't understand how the government thinks with the revenue they get from taxes that it's going to support the economy. If we're if nothing is flowing, how are we going to recover from all this? Um, because of inflation, everything has gone up in prices. People's like ability to purchase stuff has gone down. Yeah. So if we remove taxes, and if they not like remove them all out, but like lower them, yeah. And we also have inflation. It kind of like counteract yeah. all the rising interest rates because now people have more money to spend if taxes were to go down for consumers as well. So yeah, I think. I think that would work, yeah. where it would serve as a counteractive balance. And people are probably sitting at home right now thinking, well, if you um, lower taxes and pour money into the economy, well, isn't that going to raise inflation? Yes, if you don't invest in energy. Biggest reason, and I've said this so many times, the biggest reason why prices are up is because of energy, specifically oil. Companies have to ship things. Through sea, through air, through car. Why are they going to raise the prices? Because it's more expensive to put oil in their planes, in their ships, in their cars, in their trucks. That is the major reason why they're raising prices. The other reason is demand in the supply chain. They have to raise it because there's not enough demand, so they raise prices so that not many people are buying it. So once that's fixed, supply. Second, once there's energy... Costs are going to go down because they're not paying as much to ship things. Inflation, therefore, is not 100% solved, but it's going to drop significantly. I'm talking from 6% to where it's at to 3%. Which is what their target is. It's exactly (laughs) the target goal. This could happen in a year. It could happen in two if they invest because futures for these companies, especially oil companies, will be higher and they're going to want to lower the prices so they can have more people buying their oil. Didn't the Biden administration just come out with something where they were going to invest in that thing? It was energy. Uh, oil. oil. Oil, yeah. Was it a... They were... I forget, I forget exactly, but, but... There was a new oil initiative where they're going to dig more oil here in the United States for the exact reasons that Josh said. We need oil. Like, yep. It's the Alaskan oil project. Despite, oh, there we go. Despite the Democrats' objections. Hey, man, I'm going to be honest right here, right now. I have not been the biggest Joe Biden fan, but in recent months, I don't know what he's on, but he's been doing something. He's been doing a lot of things correctly. First thing with his investing in chips, 
the $180 billion project to build the chip factories doing this. And also, when he went to Ukraine, making a statement, you know, surprising that. And he, he's been doing a lot of things right recently, and that's a big one. If you're a Democrat or a Republican, regardless, right? Yeah. It comes a time, a point in time where it's just like, okay, we genuinely have a problem and we genuinely don't have everything we need to go green. And it's like, where do we start? And you go back to the fundamentals of essentially like research and development. You need energy. The only abundant energy resource we have right now is oil. And Biden solved this and the Biden administration. We only have oil at the moment. We are not ready for a full green economy. Maybe by 2050, 2060, if we, what was that statistic you said? It was, we need $4.5 trillion dollars for the next how many years? 10 years, next decade. To, to fully make our economy green, like green energy. Yep. This is from WilmingtonTrust.com. Again, please look at this if you want to learn about economy stuff. I was reading this the other day. Yeah, and it's just like, like where are we gonna get four point five right now? We just set on a budget of six point nine. That is two thirds of our budget over ten years. So if you're taking, it's still gonna be two thirds over the ten years. Like, yeah, so much money. So, but with with this new project, I hope that the oil that's going to be produced out of this is going to be allocated to developing green energy products yes i hope it's not a thing where it's just like a temporary solution where we're going to use this oil to solve our current energy problem and then do whatever with the oil we need this oil dedicated towards half of it to support existing infrastructure and then half of it use that oil to manufacture more green energy products and then circle that back into the grid and we solve our energy crisis now you have like a hybrid Hybrid grid, essentially. Yep. And and the government definitely needs to also create more incentives to go green. There are incentives in place. I'm not the sure exactly what the subsidies the are. Just like, what are you doing? Um, yeah. <laughs> but in the United States, we definitely need tax write-offs if you develop green energy Absolutely. and green products in general. And you'll instantly see companies... Amazon's already doing stuff like that just because Amazon wants to because they see the benefits from the green. And it should even be like a U.S. thing. It should be like if you want to write off, it should be like a global thing. You were involved in what basically the sustainable development goals that the U.N. put out. It's like if you're directly involved with achieving these SDGs, you should have full advantages, full tax advantages wherever you are in the world, really. Tax write-off is great. Because then they're going to have more money to, first off, invest in jobs to hire people like that, which are going to have engineers that are going to go into that. Um, and then project managers are going to go into that jobs, which, and again, in flux and job market. But it's just for the greater good of society. And I mean, that it sounds great, but that's like in a perfect world. There's going to be yeah. greed, unfortunately. Yes. With big corporations. They're just going to rake in all the profits, pocket, and just not do much with it so unless they're 100 percent committed to using their profits yes if you're a businessman or businesswoman you should have every right to have as much money as you want because that's your risk your money but you also should think long term as well you can make a bunch more money if you allocate all most of your capital or most of your money that you make and reinvest it yeah it's the same thing with like investing in the stock market, right? You make dividends, right? 
you, yep. people put those dividends back into the market to make more returns. The same concept applies. If we remove the idea, if we try our best to not be greedy, to not be greedy, then we can also advance. Society. We can fix. Yeah, we can advance society. Greed is the only thing that's holding us back. Yeah, for a lot. As of humans, we are naturally greedy. We want money. We want it anyway, and we want it for ourselves. Me personally. Yes, like I'm a little greedy too. I want money. Everyone wants money, right? Yeah. But I also understand that we can make more if I'm just patient enough. Yep. Exactly. And patience is a big part in making money in this world. Yeah, I agree. Those those are all perfect points because yeah, this is a greedy society, unfortunately, especially in the United States. Um, I absolutely love and adore capitalism. I think it's the greatest Absolutely. economy on earth, but we, you know, there needs to be some checks and balances, of course, from the government. You know, I don't like hands-on, but I like checks and balances. That's a great thing. But speaking of that, now we've kind of given you guys a lot of stuff. How do we think for the average American, you should navigate this economy as it's moving forward? Mm-hmm. Um, if you'd like to start, go ahead. Yeah. So if you're an investor right now, you you have your portfolio, whatever it is. You you see like the S P still hasn't cleared its um one one year, right? I think we're no, still down. We're yeah. still down. If yes, like I invested uh I invested in twenty twenty one, tanked a little bit, got back up. S P is back in the four thousand range. Just stick to your plan. It's it's as simple as that, and I'm sure everyone's heard that before, but it's just keep, keep doing what you're doing. Invest yep. monthly. Don't worry about what's going on. It'll come to a point where, yes, the economy will fix itself. It's happened. Great Depression. Oh, wait. Dot-com bubble. Every single incident. There's been tons of incidents around the world where the economy was collapsing, went to a recession or a depression. At the end of the day, a couple of years from now, we're all healthy again. We have money. Yep. It's going to happen again in the future in our lifetimes, of course. Yeah. But just stick, stick to what you're doing. Don't worry about what's going on in the world. It's it's going to happen. We can't. Us, as consumers, we don't have billions of dollars to do something about it. We we need, you know, like, I, I don't know how to explain it. We just are not the time like corporations where yeah. we can actually do something about it. But just stick, stick to your plan. Yeah. Stick to safe stuff. I have... Uh, all S and P five hundred, just ETFs and index ones. That's all I need, really. Invest monthly and live a good life. Yeah, exactly. I mean, don't ever think that you're putting in too little. Fifty bucks a month. It's better than nothing, right? You know, it's better it's than like fifty percent of uh, Americans. Yeah, better than fifty percent of Americans who just put stuff in their savings and get thirty six cents on the dollar, and then you're being class. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to put in a hundred dollars. Don't be afraid to put in two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars, four hundred dollars, five hundred dollars. I mean, average rate of return from a market every year, thirty years, is ten percent. Five hundred dollars a month at ten percent, a Roth IRA would be anywhere from one million. Four million dollars after thirty years. So if you start when you're twenty, you don't look at it. You just keep doing your thing. You come to the back. You look at it when you're fifty. All of a sudden, you're making two hundred grand a year. You have a big savings. You have four million in your Roth IRA. You can retire. You can officially retire, and there's no problems. Um. Yeah. So you know, and 
And another thing I want to add is start thinking of ways to make money, whether it be a side hustle, you're passionate about something, maybe you're not passionate about something, but you see that it has potential of money. Right now, we have seen a lot of cracks in the economy, what people need, what people don't need. This is a perfect time to be the first mover and be like, listen, like the world needs this. Let me make this like my idea. Let me make some money off of this. Let me help the world. So this is, this is another way you can navigate these kind of markets yeah. is start, start a side hustle. Because I know there's a lot of people out there that have one to two jobs are still struggling paycheck to paycheck. Yep. Start a little something on the side, make some money. Yes, it's going to take some time, of course, to have it to the point where it's going to make you money. But do you remember patience? That that couple I showed you on the New York Times that started a side hustle for a vacuum cleaning business. Oh, wow! They were cleaning houses. Cleaning houses. You know how much they made? Five hundred thousand dollars in one year. Cleaning houses. Cleaning. Houses as a side hustle just to pay off their debt. They turned a side hustle to pay off debt into a successful business. Half a million dollar business. That could them into millionaires. I mean, half a million dollars a year. If you're making half a million dollars a year, you're going to be a millionaire after a couple For years. cleaning houses. Yeah, cleaning houses. So don't think, like, there are ideas that are going to be great. And, you know, obviously there are not going to be ideas that are bad. And one of the Greatest investors of all time, Kevin O'Leary. He said, "You know, if an idea is not making money after three years, just just take it out back and shoot it. You know, kill it. It's not. An, it's just a hobby. But don't think about that when you start it. Think about it as I'm going to make money. I'm going to do something with this. I mean, not even that. Just think of it as like I like what I'm doing. Yes, and it will. The money will come eventually, as long as you love what you're doing. Of course, like there's there's people out there that you know for construction." literally cut down trees but they make millions of dollars out of it yeah. do they love do they love waking up at like seven morning go make lumber or mix concrete yeah but they still make money so yeah. as long as they're passionate about it i mean i'm sure they're not passionate about mixing concrete but they're passionate about the artwork that comes out of the so it's like a it's like a pyramid essentially you need to have your foundation you scale up then you reach to a point where it's just like Let's 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 go back to that couple for a second. They can easily automate that business, right? They are making half a million dollars to the point where they could just put on people, hire management. They don't. They might not make another five hundred thousand because now they have people to pay, but they're making two hundred thousand, right? And they're not doing anything. And they're not doing anything. <laughs> You'll reach a point in time where if you do something and you're passionate about it. And you do it for two, three years, you can automate what you love doing, focus on other things, maybe pick up something else or I don't know. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for Americans is is they forget two things that the biggest market out there is for service, jobs that especially if you're not gonna create a scale business. Find a niche where you're going where they need something, where you're going to service Americans. Whether it's cleaning, whether it's you know waste management, something that is necessary and boring, you know those are the types of jobs that they need. But the other side is also remember to do things that make you happy because if you're happy and you're making fifty grand a year, who cares? You know, don't be stupid. Yeah, you know, don't spend too much money. But like, don't be greedy. Don't be Back greedy. Greedy thing. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Um, there, there's one thing I wanted to touch on before. 
we could wrap this up, but it was credit cards. And I know we did have an episode before. Please watch the episode. Yeah, please watch the episode. <laughs> but I'll, I'll reiterate what again. Called? Mitigating mitigating credit card debt and risk, something like that. <laughs> it was our it was our third episode, like in total, in general. So just remember in this market, again, where we're telling you to be bold and be investing because it's going to turn around. But the other thing is, is just please, 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 please don't be stupid with spending so much unnecessary money on your credit cards. Don't you don't need those shoes right now. You don't need that Louis bag. You don't need that Mercedes if you don't have the money for it. Just try to save, try to cut, and invest. Do the investing, do the saving first, and then when you make the money, you know, do what you want. And we're not I'm not saying don't have fun. I know I probably said this in the episode. You're allowed to have fun, especially if you're young. But don't be stupid. You're young. This is a time to grind. This is a time to invest. This is exactly what we're doing. You know, we're I'm 21. He's Alec is 20. We're grinding. We're investing because by the time I'm 30, I don't want to have to worry about crap. That's, yeah. that's that's my goal. I don't want to have to worry. For all our viewers out there, don't throw away your life until you're 60 something. You, you don't even have to be young. You could be 50, and you could start. You could pick something up. Do what you want to do. And make a living out of that. It will take a few years, but it's better than by the time you get to the point where you're just like, oh, I wish I wish I did this. So I didn't have to struggle throughout those rough times. Yep. You will thank yourself later for it. Regardless if it makes you maybe a hundred bucks a month, you will be thankful for it. Um, and for those people that are living in more rough countries, like that are like not so developed, right? I think for you guys is continue use the same advice. There's you may not make a lot compared to what people were to pick up a, a hustle and do it in a more developed countries. You can still do it in a developing country um as well. So I just wanted to put that out there because there might have been some questions about well, what if you're somebody in a developing country? Um I I came I am from a family that you know we, we came from a developing country. My parents, they moved out of Albania when the Soviet, not the Soviet Union, the communism fell in 1991. They went from Albania and they migrated to Greece. My dad didn't stop grinding at all. He worked very hard. He picked up construction there. Maybe made like, he wasn't going to make as much as here, right? Yeah. But he just, he, he found something he wanted to do and said, I'm just going to work, work, work until I have enough to move out to a more developed country and yeah it's i get it for those living in developing countries it's harder yeah but all you have to do is just make enough to start comfortably in a developed country you don't need to have hundreds of thousands nope. you can have as little as 10 grand find a good place find a good job and put your children through school yeah in that developed country so it, it can be done and I want to encourage everybody to do so as well. Don't let anyone tell you that it can't be done. We live in tricky times, but tricky times call for desperate measures. And I know everybody has the ability out there to navigate these current markets. Stick with your investment plan. Stick with the plan you already have. Have a plan B ready just in case, but always stick to plan A. Definitely. I totally agree because, um, you know, in my personal experience, I mean, my father grew up without a father and poor in, in the United States and, you know, troubled kid, but he, he grew up 
went to the military, and now he's, you know, one of the highest-ranking officers in the state of Connecticut. So, it's all, it, it can all be done. You just got to grind live your life, so. Yep. It's more of a motivational one. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that's all we have for this one, unless you have any final remarks on uh, how to navigate the current global economy. Nothing else, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in, everyone, um, in this uh, this week's topic of the week, and we will see you all in the next episode. Take care.